0: Want to cut cooling bills without cutting comfort? lower utility costs, and enjoy cool and consistent comfort with a highly efficient air conditioner from Luxair. With Luxair's consumer rebate program, educators, nurses, first responders, military personnel, and veterans can enjoy exclusive rebates on qualifying purchases of Luxair equipment. To learn more, call G-Team Mechanical at 765-376-3042 or visit gteamhvac.com. They'll recommend a system tailored to your home that provides comfort, energy savings, and lasting performance.
1: This is trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee, brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice in home comfort, on 935 and 1075 the Fan. Let's get things going here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway 2022. Here we go. It's a rolling. Power's got that inside line where it's a little wetter. Polo is on the outside where it seems somewhat drier. Calamita in that red, and rather that green, white and black car. Three, four back on the inside. Good Scott Dixon up the inside. Four wide there, a little further back up on the curb there. Oh, that's Christian Lundgaard, the red white car off in the grass just up ahead. That stacks up everybody behind. This is going to be fascinating. Colton Herta gets to the front straight away. Will Power on slicks, trying to get temperature. Hill comes Herta gonna be close his old teammate pato award there from indy lights here he is wheel to wheel with power that one's easily done now he can begin the chase on pato award there's pato award Whoa, look out big, nice big save. sideways nice save from colton Herta. that was unbelievable here it comes Oh my god, that was hand work, that was footwork, that was everything he could do, all the way on the lock stops, there was nothing left. Kirkwood run right behind, Dixon in the mix, there's Colton Herter, here are the Aaron McLaren SP twins. Slick tires, wet racetrack, it, watch out. Colton Herter shaking all over, it's Kumasatsu on the outside of Jack oh, Harvey Teammates, contact, nose to nose. He tried to go, Pato Award tried to go through on Colton Herder. It did not work out, and it's worked out even worse for his teammates. Sato goes around. And look at the rain is coming. This is huge for Rossi. Caution is out. Herta charging 10 10s and opening up a gap. He lost three seconds with that bobble. Okay, that's Montoya. Montoya is out of the race after such a positive run. Guys, this is going to bring out a caution and yeah, end this race. Great team effort. Even though there were high emotions and some doubts. But I think this is my most fun win ever. Let's bring it home, buddy. <laughs> bring it home. The 22-year-old Californian, Colton Herder, wins the GMR Prix.
0: Race weekend is here. Welcome to Trackside. 93.5, 5 the fan in Indianapolis. Highlights of last year's GMR. Indy Grand Prix, kicking off the month of May, announcing your presence with authority and a splash, a little more than a splash at the end with Colton Hurdle winning, highlights courtesy of NBC Sports, we're ready to go for the weekend, road course racing, and then Tuesday starts preparation for the 107th Indianapolis 500, and we're here for it, and to talk about it for the next hour, live on the radio, open Twitter lines. No phone lines. I don't like making people wait on hold. You can tweet at your leisure, and we will get to it as soon as we can, maybe even the next show, but surely you're not going to miss one of these programs. At Kevin Lee 23 at Kurt Cabin. Eddie Garrison is in the studio. I'm Kevin. There's Kurt. Uh, We had activity on the track today. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But I still have archived Twitter questions and more coming in today, unless there's something I missed that we need to kick things off with
2: tonight. No, I think we're in good shape. We, um, I got to enjoy being at the racetrack today. How fun was that? And there were people on the spectator mounds down by the museum because it was a closed day officially in terms of attendance. But a lot of people down there in the museum area watching... Uh, The road to Indy, if you will, and tomorrow it's going to be it it, to me. Christmas starts when the oval track portion begins, but this is a pretty close second. This is a really good time of the year, and I can't wait for it to take place tomorrow. Practice and qualifying tomorrow and racing on Saturday. Uh, There was a
0: I think a top five in the championship availability today, and I will admit I did not go. Because we divvy up the pits into sections and we're assigned different drivers and I have pit in and I don't have a single, single driver that has any chance at the championship. So I will not be speaking about those drivers. Did you happen to go? Did we glean
2: any nuggets out of that? So I was there and it was a big turnout, which is encouraging from a media standpoint. No, I, I, I didn't really glean anything that I would call newsworthy. Um, I'll think about it as we go other than Scott McLaughlin shot 80 at the Brickyard uh, earlier in the day, which a pretty okay. good score. Uh, and the only thing I would say is an observation someone made that, you know, as you look toward a championship, these five guys, uh, it was from, from left to right, it was Pato Award, Alex Polo, Marcus Erickson, Romain Grosjean, and Scott McLaughlin, somebody made the point, hey, as you guys are going for the championship, I don't see Joseph Newgarden up here. I don't see Will Power, the reigning series champion. I don't see Scott Dixon. And between those three drivers, there's nine series championships. And they were asked their thoughts about that. Of course, they didn't really give an answer. They thought you know, nine or ten guys could probably win the championship when it's all said and done. But the point I took from it is how remarkable it is, four races into the season, we don't have a Team Penske guy in the mix, at least top top five. We don't have Scott Dixon. Pretty remarkable, really. I mean, we have a Team Penske, by the way, Mark, Scott Scott McLaughlin, but we don't have the two that have been champions. That's my point. Yeah,
0: I think what that tells us, again, is the depth of the series and why it's hard. And... You know sometimes we we talk and it may come off if you're a fan of those teams as as very cruel. and I, I don't mean it to be, and that's why oftentimes we'll give the other side of things and try to tell both sides. But when we talk about you know teams quote, failing or not getting the job done, well, you, you go back to who you have to beat. and you can even get better, but that's the problem. the The teams that were already really good, are still getting better, and you know. I think I shared this story that, that Michael Shank was just kind of reminding me, and I'm sure he's reminded other people about this too. When we assess his team, and and he's right; it is an accurate statement. So for us to get in the top ten, that means we have to beat three legitimate of the you know he didn't use this phrase, but I will since we've thrown it around of the big four teams. There there are thirteen, and that's not even counting the fourth Andretti car or the fourth. Ganassi car with Marcus Armstrong, who's a rookie, but Errol McLaren, Penske, Ganassi, Andretti, the veteran drivers in those groups, I think that number is 13. And to be in the top 10, okay, you can beat one or two of them, but just to be in the top 10, you got to beat three of them. That's why it's hard. That's why it's been a struggle for the
2: teams outside that top four uh, to, to punch their way in. Yeah, and Marcus Erickson, by the way, or Marcus Erickson, Marcus Armstrong. We're going to get those names probably, you know, tied together in some respects this year. But Marcus Armstrong, had he run at Texas, if he would have raced at Texas, and of course, this is a big if, but if he would have continued the trend that he's had this season in the other three races, meaning extrapolate his point total over four races, he'd be 11th in the championship right now. That's how good he's been in the other three races. So what it speaks to is, to your point, there are 14 cars between those four teams and really only Devlin DeFancesco is, you know, if if we're counting Marcus Armstrong in there being in a top 11 type, you know, performer so far this season – it's only Devlin D. Francesco. So mm-hmm. there's 13 cars right there that are going to be pretty solid most raced weekends. And I would expect those 13 to be really good this weekend as well. And you just have to, you just have to scrap. I mean, we talk about it a lot during the start of the season, and we'll say, you know, could it be top 10 in points? And we almost say that, I mean, I'm just picking any driver here, and we'll say well, he he could be top ten in points, and we say it as if that's a disappointing season. Depends on where you're coming from and your perspective, but that may be a really good season to be in the top ten with this lineup.
0: Russ Thompson, our statistical guru for NBC Sports, just looked this up and confirmed it. Uh, you know, we we thrown at the stat at times. I remember it coming up last year as well because. Marcus Erickson's run of success really got started with his June win in Detroit in uh, 21. So, you know, there were times last year, over the last calendar year, he was the championship leader. He's the current championship leader this season, and he is still the, the biggest point scorer in the last year as well, including the 22 May GP. Erickson has scored 552 points, last year champion Will Power, has 530, Joseph Newgarden 514, Scott Dixon 506, then Pato Award, Scott McLaughlin, Alex Pillow, Alexander Rossi, Felix Rosenquist, and Colton Herta. And that did include double points for the 500 this year. So th- that is still a little bit skewed. So that year on is going to mean a lot more uh, once we get past back into single points. Then it's going to be equal footing for everybody else. You know, this is uh, still a championship conversation. Once we get to the Indianapolis 500 here coming up in a couple of weeks, there's not, in our world there is, but big picture-wise, nobody's thinking as much about the championship until the race is over. And then if you finish third or fourth, it's, hey, that's really good for the championship. We, we had a nice day here today. But it, it is important right now uh, because if you have had multiple, if you've had more than one Bad result in the early going, and you're still thinking about the championship, y- you really got to get it going. So, who are we talking about at this point? I guess, what a Rossi um, who's had, I think, th- you know, a couple of bad ones, one mediocre, one good one so far. Colton Hurt is probably going to have to get up on his giddy up. Maybe. Maybe you could argue not so much because while well, he's 10th, he's only 45 points back. Everybody else, I think, still is reasonably in position. No, no one else that, unless I'm forgetting someone, that we might have considered a championship contender this year is off to
2: so bad of a start that they're on the brink of being eliminated. Well, that's true. Uh, but being 10th in points means you got to climb over a, a slew of drivers. And so, you know, they're going to consistently be, at least many of them, are going to be in that top five, top six each week as well regardless of which ones it is which drivers we're speaking about. So, you know, as a friend of mine of a long time will often say, it's gonna get late early around here and you don't wanna you don't want to have a big misstep in the five hundred You or, knew Yogi Berra? Yeah, well, wow. you know how it goes. <laughs> you re, you say it more than 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 I think Yogi did. But uh, the point is that um, you, you know, you slip up in the Indy five hundred and and maybe you know, and that's a place where, you know, you have a mistake or you get collected in somebody else's. You're more likely to have that, I think, at Indy and then finish 33rd and get five or six points while the field gets, you know, your contenders get 30 plus points. So it, it just, uh, it's just it's going to be challenging. So I, I think that where you are in the championship and how
0: many people you have to jump over does come into play when we start getting into July In August, and we're talking three, four, five races remaining. That those need slip ups. I I think the points deficit is more important um, before we get to the third, maybe even the halfway point. Now you can't just keep racking up top fives and jump from ten. But as we saw from last week and the week before, you know the winner jumped up five, six positions. So if Colton Herta wins this race. This weekend, he's probably going to be fifth in the championship. Going to the Indy 500, so it, it can change really quickly. And I, I've heard drivers talk about this; they just want to be within, you know, they feel like they've still got a chance if they're within a hundred when we get into June, when we get close to the midpoint of the season. They still feel like that's close enough. And then obviously that changes. You need to be closer than that as you move a little bit further past that. The other side, so there's the championship consideration. And then let's look at the championship for those that, you know, frankly, want to secure positions next year, either with their current team or elsewhere. There are a lot of free agents um, and there could be a lot of change. So I'm going to go backwards to forwards. Drivers that I think are probably out of contract at the end of the season. Uh, Devlin Francesco in 27th. Um, I guess you would consider Takuma Sato as well. I would imagine his is a one-year deal. I believe Benjamin Peterson's is multi-year. I don't know about Stingray Robb. Uh, young driver, I'm not going to put in that consideration. You know, a young driver is always trying to prove themselves. So there's pressure there. Connor might be on the last year of a contract. Two years is usually pretty standard, and this is the second year since he helped bring Bitnile into the fold. Pretty certain Jack Harvey in 23rd is in the last year of a contract. Don't know about Santino Ferrucci. You know, there could be options involved there. Um, So that could be a one- or a two-year situation. I think there's a decent chance that Simon Pagino is in the second year of a two-year contract. Again, I don't know that. I've not asked that. So that very well could be wrong. But I hear a lot of people talking about that Simon Pagino is one of those that – Either it's going to need to start going better. And, and by the way, if he is in the last year of his contract, if it's not going better, he's going to be looking for greener pastures if he finds any other options. Because I don't think Simon Pagano uh, expected to be tied for 20th in the championship. And he's tied with his teammate, Elio Castroneves, who is in the last year of his contract. And is uh, if he wants to remain full-time, it's going to probably take a podium some, somewhere this season or an Indy five hundred win uh to to get that going. So barring something unforeseen, I think we should enjoy Elio's last full time season in IndyCar this season. And I I hope he can get things turned around and and he might be content with moving on. I doubt that though. I suspect he would like to continue on. Um but right now, and this is still early, it could change, but right now it's not going great for anybody in that program. I don't know about Canapino's contract. I would say it's going great. Um, He's probably looking good. I think VK is probably in the first year of a two-year contract. Armstrong is probably a one-year. Graham's dad owns the team, so I I believe. and, And he brings in a lot of the budget and always goes forward. I'm not worried about Graham. Rosenquist, we know his story, 15th. He's going to need to impress someone. He has, again, to convince them to add a car or... Prove that he's deserving somewhere else. I think Felix – I feel pretty confident that Felix is going to have a seat next year because he's very very well regarded. My guess is it's probably somewhere else replacing one of these people that I've just mentioned. Um, And then moving forward a little bit, Callum Eilat is, I think, safe, but he's one of those, the better it goes – uh, depending on the options and the buyout and so forth, that's a little bit vague. He might have an opportunity to move to a different team. So those are the drivers outside the top 10. And I think I named about all of them, Kurt. I named two-thirds
2: of yeah. them at least. I think you did too. And, and um, you know, as you mentioned Uh, I feel really good about ILOT and Felix being somewhere on the grid next year. Those two are the two I would be the most confident on. You talk about news nuggets. uh, Today, we had a chance to, you know, after the five drivers were up on the stage to break out. uh, Marcus Erickson talked a little bit more, kind of reiterated his point. He's like, you know, my contract's not done yet. He said, but I feel like I need to be paid period. I need to be paid. And he kept repeating that. So this was uh, to a pretty strong audience of of journalists. He's dug in. He is dug dug in. in. Yeah.
0: And I think that's smart to say this. Now, again, again, I've said this many times, it's going to be a game of chicken and it's just going to depend on what else is out there. And here's the other part that makes it challenging to analyze Is there a clause in the contract that he's not allowed to sign with anyone until late in the season? That changes things quite a bit. Now, managers can kind of get around that. Uh, Alex Pillow is not allowed to sign with anyone until the end of the season. We all know where Alex Pillow is going to be driving. It's for the team whose shirt he was wearing at the Formula One race this past weekend. Uh, That's where he'll be next year. Um, But I, I still think you keep a real good eye on Andretti. I would not, so here's another one to throw out at you. You know, we kind of assumed that if Errol McLaren goes to four full-time cars, once they welcome in Alex Plow, the fourth is for Felix Rosenquist. What if it doesn't go great for Felix this year? Or what if they're not willing to commit to him in time? And maybe Felix Rosenquist has already received a good offer and he doesn't, want to twist in the wind like he did last year. And and someone right now says, you know, you're you're the first choice, but we have a pretty good plan B. And if you don't sign by May 15th, we're going to plan B. And, and if that's a solid team, if I'm Felix Rosenquist, I may take that. Or it could be simply that Errol McLaren and Zach Brown say, you know what, we got a chance to get uh, the guy who's led the championship more often than not the last two years and is an Indy 500 winner. I know he was in our program but he in 2019, but that was a different program for us, and he is a different driver now. So I would not rule that out because you have to first look at what teams are hiring, what teams do not require any budget. Uh, I think you could put Meyer Schenck with their sponsorship and partner package in that as well. However... If you have options, if you are a free agent, again, we always say no disrespect, but no disrespect. If you have options,
2: are you choosing Meyer Shank right now? Not if you're Marcus Erickson. Correct. Um, if you're Marcus Erickson, to me... Now,
0: maybe if it's, the most important thing is getting paid, and that's the only team offering you money, I, I suppose you would, but that's, that's where the game of chicken comes in. I think Chip Ganassi would be banking on, no, you can win races and win a championship, and you've got backers that have supported you. Uh, we can all make this work, and you're going to look great, and you're going to have fun and enjoy driving and make some money off the track with endorsements and other things. Uh, So good luck if you want to go to the team that has two drivers tied for 20th in the championship.
2: No, I think if you are Marcus Erickson, there are only two options in in my mind. You either stay where you're at or go to Aero McLaren. I wouldn't go anywhere else. You wouldn't go to Andretti if if they're hiring Hmm. Uh, if they're I, hiring I, I, and it's a I'm difference I of
0: go there. seven million dollars, if you're asked to bring five million dollars to the program and they're going to pay you two million dollars,
2: well, I'm not saying I absolutely wouldn't do it, but I think your two choices are 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 Errol McLaren or stay where I'm at. Okay, that, that, to me, they, I'm going to I'm like going like to predict this. What I think if Andretti offers
0: him a seat and and they convince him it's a good seat and he likes the engineer and so forth and are willing to pay him. I think Marcus has dug in and is adamant about this. I think
2: if he's required to bring budget again, I think he will leave. Well, let me ask you this, if he, if Errol McLaren is willing to pay him in in that fourth seat and it's Errol McLaren or Andretti, same money, don't you think he chooses Errol McLaren? Probably, but you
0: were asking if he would leave for it. What, what if Aaron McLaren isn't doing a fourth seat? But yeah, I think a pecking well, order, I, I, I think you can argue that. And it's also, well, I would say it's too early. We'll know more. But the problem is you may not get a lot more time. That decision may need to be made in the next month or so. Um, I don't know, though, because he was there. It is a different team, but I don't know what he thinks about Zach Brown. Because he's still involved there. How did that end? What ended it? Was it Sam Schmidt? Was it
2: Zach Brown that ended that relationship? Could be. You're right. I mean, uh, that's, a, so that, that's a variable we don't know.
0: Now, the team president has changed, although I don't think Taylor Kyle had that title at that time as well. But he was kind of running things, uh, and it's it's a different situation now. But I, I think that's... That's the one to watch moving forward. That's the big one here, uh, getting forward. So yeah, you do have that big fish, and then you have a lot of others that are kind of jockeying for position and hoping, hoping there's still a chair available uh, in in the the musical chairs when we get done with things. Which you know we'll know about it all in September, but it is being decided here right now. That's why these I think next two races go a long way toward deciding how good your options are for next year. So that adds a little bit even more to it beyond the Indianapolis 500. i will sneak in a couple of Twitter questions in this segment, then we'll get to more next segment. Tom Taylor sent this in a few days ago. Sorry, I missed it. I think this is a good question. Uh, it's like your either ors. Would you take a Ganassi car or the field for the Indy 500?
2: I'll take a Ganassi car.
0: Yeah, maybe, you know, normally those questions, I'm always taking the numbers That's four out of probably about the eight or so that we'll think are really strong, depending on where Penske is at. Maybe
2: it you know goes a little farther if Penske is what Penske used to be. So last year, and I know, first of all, not a lot's changed. There have been some changes, but largely the equipment is the equipment. There is some changes, I'll grant it, but... I think the number was if I figured it up, but I don't have it on in front of me. I think the Ganassi cars led 167 laps last year. The other thing is all five drivers led laps. Now, granted, one of those was Jimmy Johnson and it wasn't competitive laps, but the two best cars on the racetrack until lap one ninety were Scott Dixon yeah. and Alex Pillow. And both of them incurred a penalty. That I'm not saying shouldn't have been, but if Dix, you know, Dixon, surely is going to. It was the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite when he came to pit road on lap 175. He just he just missed the speed limit by a whisker. And the other thing we forget, we don't forget it, but people forget it, is that Alex Pelot was coming to pit road as the second best car on the track. And granted, it was early. But when he came for that pit stop and the caution came out, he was committed to coming down pit road, and then he had to take emergency service next time by that put him at the back of the field. He was running 30th, got all the way back to ninth, and ran out of time. Those two cars were the two best cars last year. I see no reason why they won't be good again this year. They qualified in the top two. The team had four drivers in the top six in qualifying. And uh, all of them in the top twelve, I think it was. I mean, was, you can't bet against the Ganassi cars at this point on May eleventh. The winner of the race was the third best car on his team last year,
0: right? Yeah, because Dixon yeah. and Pello were just a little bit better. Erickson was good, but not quite as good. Well, he finished third. You know, just, yeah, just just to be different. And, and since I picked McLaughlin, and you know, we'll know more. Um, I think we'll know more next Saturday. I don't think I'll feel like we know a ton through next Friday. It is going to be qualifying because I do think it's, you can win, but it's, I think you need to start in the top 10 or 12 this year. You you need, so that here's something to think about talking with someone about this today uh, about what is the selling point of the first day of qualifying? Because, unfortunately, you're not really determining anything. You're not determining who makes the race. You're not determining the poll. Things change. But here's what you're determining if you want to go by what I just said. I think maybe you agree or disagree that you probably need to start in about the top 12 to win the race. You can pass, but that's going to show that you have the pace to be able to get it done. And that is what is determined who is going to start in the top 12 that will be locked in and they'll have the shootout for the first four four rows coming up on Sunday.
2: Yeah. You got to be in the top 12 because that's it's the winner might come from deeper in the field. We've, we've certainly talked about that ad nauseum about how, how good the field is. Uh, But you got to have the car to get there. So I think it'll come from the first six just because that that's going to show who's really strong, but you know, and the other one we we didn't really talk about. You said Erickson the third best on that team. Kanan was the fourth best, and he finished third. Yeah. And yeah. and was coming. Uh so yeah. and and all they've done in that car is replace Kanan with a guy who's won twice at Indy. So mm-hmm. Sato He's going to be a rocket ship in the race. Uh, You just can count on that. Now, can he finish it? That's another story. But he's going to be a rocket ship in the race. And while he's sort of a one-off, it is a full-time
0: crew, which is a big advantage. That's why Sato rates higher than your normal driver, who's just doing a couple of races in the year. And it's still TBD. He may do all the oval races, but last I've heard, that's not been fully decided. He wins the Indy 500. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, he's doing the rest of the oval races, and probably even a good finish gets that done as well. All right, more of your Twitter thoughts Uh, Coming up in a moment at Kevin Lee 23 at Kurt Cabin. It's Trackside, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan.
2: Hi, this is Mark Zerickson, and you're listening to Trackside on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
0: There's the aforementioned reigning Indy 500 winner. May in Indianapolis means racing. You knew that. It also includes big-time racing on the dirt at Circle City Raceway on their all-new clay surface, May 19th. It's the second annual CJ Rayburn tribute, $10,000 to win super late models and boss 410 sprints. May 24th and 25th, it's the USAC Amsoil Sprint Car National Championship, Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds. Discounts for military, first responders, veterans, seniors, and teachers. Tickets and info at circlecityraceway.com. Our news of the day, Kurt, uh, I think is going to be uh, bad news For one of our favorite people, Ernie Francis Jr., uh, Indy Next driver, Indy Next by Firestone, is not going to be competing this weekend. HMD with Force Indy released uh, a statement today that he suffered a fractured wrist in the barber race. So I got to go back and look at the box score of this. I remember he was um, three wide at the start. There was a, a little bit of a kerfuffle and... I can't remember if he was on the inside or the outside, but there was contact. I thought he was
2: in the middle. And I believe he finished the race and I th- drove with a broken wrist. Yeah, I thought he was in the middle, but I could be wrong. But um, it, it's, a, it's interesting that it, it kind of took this long to come to public knowledge. I mean, and he drove the rest of the race. It apparently is such that he's going to get in the car and start the race to collect the points, but not beat. I think that's changed. So tracksideonline.com
0: posted that today and I have not been back on Twitter. So I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but I was told uh, by someone at tracksideonline.com that the 99 car has been withdrawn. So maybe not take that for gospel because I've not seen anything from IndyCar. By the way, I've not seen a lot of things in release, I'll be honest, about entry changes. We've got some TBAs. Uh, I hear Josh Green. I mentioned that was a TBA last night. I think Josh is there, and Josh is going to race this weekend. So so that is good. But I I don't think he's going to race coming up this weekend. Did he? I'm, I'm trying to find the box where I don't have it. So there you go. So that's that's what we know. It sounds like Ernie Francis Jr., who had two good results to start the season, Um I'm not going to say the pace has been awesome, but he's survived the first couple of races, which it's still a learning process for him. And when you can score points, because I, I do still think there's the chance that as we get into the second half of the season, and he's gone to these places a second time. He can be more competitive. Same thing we talk about from IndyCar. It's a really deep field. So it's not fair just to say Ernie can't do this. I, I don't think that's accurate but everybody else he's racing with has been running formula cars longer, has been doing this type of racing, preparing for it while he was doing Trans Am racing. So I think there's still a chance for Ernie. Sad that he's not going to have a chance to, to really compete this weekend. So the other thing I brought up last night, I got totally wrong. Saw that Toby Sowery had an announcement, and then I'm trying to remember, all right, who was in? Because we've got people leaving cars, getting in cars, in Indy next. So before I get to Toby Sowery, We essentially have had a trade in motorsport. So Rasmus Lind did the first race for HMD, did not do the Barber race. Unfortunately, that is somewhat commonplace in junior racing, that if the check does not clear, you don't get to do the race, and the budget ran out. So that car did not run. And then Reese Gold, uh, you know, I think you look at, hey, that team's winning every race. They have all the cars on the podium. Uh, I want me some of that. And they left for HMD. So Reese Gold replaced Rasmus Lynn. Now, who goes? Hollinger has an opening and they worked out a deal for Rasmus Lynn to get in the car. And, you know, that's kind of how sometimes those things work. You've already got crew hired. You have already got entry fees. That's how sometimes the budget that might not work in another situation might work in this situation. So those two have been traded. Now, Toby Sowery drove for HMD first time in a car in a year and a half and finished on the podium at Barber. He's really, really good. Won a race for HMD and Lights in 19, their very first race. And when I saw that tweet, I thought, because he told me, I'm only set for Barber, Detroit, and it was either Portland or Laguna Seca, filling in for Josh Pearson, who's running Le Mans series races. Uh, World Endurance Championship. So I thought, well, maybe he found budget to do Indianapolis. No, even maybe better than that. He's going to test an IndyCar for Ray Hall, letterman Lanigan coming up in June at Sebring. So good for him. So, you know, that's probably one of those things where the choice was, all right, did well, got more people interested, found some more budget. I could maybe do another Indy next race, or maybe I take that budget and see if I can get me an IndyCar test. And that's what he's got.
2: Yeah, earlier in the day, I had that earmarked for news of the day, and then uh, we you know, got got busy focused on some other things, and Ernie Francis is interesting on a different level. But uh, good for Toby. I mean, this is um, – although he looks like he could be DeMontis Sabonis at a young age, but um, – He does have a similar look. <laughs> I wondered if you catch He's that. Nearly a foot shorter, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, he looks like DeMontis Sabonis a little bit younger. I actually – uh tweeted that to some of my friends and they were like, oh, my gosh, he looks a lot like him. And um, anyway, that'll be a, a test at Sebring. And I believe that date is in July or June, June or July. Uh, I don't remember the. I thought I saw-, I saw June, but I could be wrong. I just know it's sometime in the summer. Yep. it will it be really be
0: comfortable at Sebring. Oh, Sebring is lovely oh, in the summertime. <laughs> Maybe good luck with that. It. Hey, we we need to run the car at Sebring. Who's willing to do it in July? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Young you get a discount in. on that one. Well, and and there's also an advantage for IndyCar teams too because they can, they can still learn a little bit. I've talked to teams before that have done summer tests at Sebring and felt like that applied to some other things that they they were doing. The smart people. Figure out ways to make it all work. I remember one year, seven or eight years ago, when Ganassi had been struggling a little bit, and it was a Pocono, and they were they went really good. Won the race, maybe finished like one, two, three, and I remember Mike Hall telling me a, a lot of what we, we did a test at Sebring, and what we learned there actually applied to Pocono as well. So it's not just bumpy road courses and street races. There are things that they can uh, figure out that work for all kinds of situations. All right, back to the Twitter inbox. At Kevin Lee 23 Terry Callahan, last night you mentioned – he actually sent this a few days ago. Sorry, Terry. Uh, You mentioned top qualifiers for last year's GP. Pato and Felix were both in the Fast Six but ran into each other early in the race. Don't you think all the McLaren team cars are in the discussion for the win on Saturday? Yes, if we didn't say that, yes. That was when we were talking Monday – well, I was in the car, and I said, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at it. Uh, where'd they qualify? don't remember them being a factor, but you're right. I do remember them running into each other. And I also know this. Even if they were average last year, McLaren keeps getting better everywhere, everywhere they go. So I think you just have to say, going into a weekend, yeah, they're probably going to be in the
2: mix. So I think the, one of the really smart things you've said here in the last uh, few weeks Is that and you said this Monday as I was trying to gather, you know, initial information about I hadn't yet watched last year's race. But the point you made was whatever happened in last year's race, good, bad or indifferent, is irrelevant this year. First of all, last year was conditions were just unique from the get go. I mean, it wasn't like Colton Herta drove to the front. He started 14th, and the only reason he got to the, got to the front is because he pitted on lap two to get off the tires, and then everybody else came the next lap, and he jumped him. I mean, that's not that's not going to happen again this time. And the summer race, just different conditions, and we're likely to see on Saturday. So, you know, it's just. Um, it's, what we saw last year is, especially in May, is not going to happen again. Even if it rains, it'll be a completely different race. I mean, you're not going to see, like we saw last year, Alex Pelot's spin going relatively slow. I mean, he was on slicks, and it started raining. So, that you know, these things, the whole thing you can just throw away because it, it's not applicable. And then I think the second
0: race somewhat applies but not totally because i'm sure it was 15 degrees warmer so we can look at the qualifying for that and that's what makes it challenging for the engineers that just something being a little bit different changes things but uh the point is accurate yes i think you can count on aero mclaren as being a factor this weekend next weekend every weekend that indycar is going to race for the foreseeable future um Hey, here's maybe a secondary note and news of the day, courtesy of our studio producer, Eddie Garrison. He tells us that Sam Schmidt was on with JMV on this radio station early this afternoon. So what I'm going to say, I knew, but I was going to let them announce it. Tony Kanaan, when I interviewed him on Peacock during one of the practice shows at Barber, kind of let it slip. Because I was to understand there was going to be an announcement at some point. I wasn't sure when that was coming. Uh, but apparently Sam today said that, yeah, Tony Canon after this 500 is staying on with our team in a uh, driver coach, kind of a Dario Franchitti kind of a role. So I think a lot of people in the paddock knew that. I am i don't know if Sam was supposed to say that because I believe, you know, McLaren likes to do big announcements. But So that's why I went ahead and said that, one, because one of the co-owners of the team said that publicly. And two, I think Kanan just about said it. If you were watching that interview last week that, yeah, I've got news. I'm I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to still be with the team kind of thing. Uh, So, you know, knowing that in the last few weeks is one of the reasons why I have bought into a little bit more of the I think it's serious. I really do think this is going to be the last one. Now, even if he is announced as a driver coach, doesn't mean he couldn't come back and drive. Um, but I, I just think it's probably likely. And one, just logic uh, that McLaren has already got Kyle Larson in that seat next year. They might run a fifth, uh, a fourth full-time car. Surely they're not going to six. So maybe there is a scenario if they were thinking about doing a fourth full-time that Boy, two part-time, though, I think that's harder than adding a fourth full-time. Finding part-time quality efforts are difficult. So I'm still going to say there's a chance. If Kanan finishes, if he's legit and finishes top five in the race again, I got to
2: think there's commercial enthusiasm. I think so, too. Maybe not if he wins. It's going to be tough to say no to. (laughs) If he wins, that may be the swan song. That may he may ride off into the sunset as the Indy 500 winner. But mm-hmm. if he finishes second or third and is in the camera shot at the end of the race, uh, you know, Rossi talked about him hiring like 50 new people at Arrow uh, McLaren during the offseason. I think a few of those guys could change tires. So they might. I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I, I don't think it's likely. All right, I'm going to try to sneak in a couple of more in a moment. Otherwise, I may just
0: reply to some tweet. No, that's right. We have tomorrow. We have tomorrow night. It's not Friday. It's Thursday, even though the race weekend started. Uh, we'll get into more. Try to sneak in other tweets and other stuff, too, coming
1: up on Trackside. This is Trackside, brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice and home comfort on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Uh,
0: final segment, ran out of time, still several good questions. There are a few that are really quick, simple answers, so I'm going to just respond to those uh, here in in just a little bit. Uh, we need to highlight the uh, official driver of, of Trackside, the driver of the... IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center, Prime 47, Browning Chapman, Race for RP, California Closets, Chernoff Cosmetic Surgery, UPS Store, Plainfield, Greenlight Guru, Velocity Sales Consulting, Lola Sport Car. Yes, I did write all that down. Uh, We have a few month of May partners. Uh, It was a good day at the track for young Jackson Lee in USF Pro 2000. Legit 8 to 12 quick. In all three sessions, the official practice late in the day, he was fourth after the first tire run, two-tenths off in the mix all day. A few people went quick towards the end, ended up tenth out of 20. He was uh, like five-and-a-half, six-tenths off, but three-tenths off second. Kiko Porto put a big lap in at the uh, end, and he was more than three-tenths faster than everybody else. So there you go. They qualify tomorrow, race in the afternoon, right before IndyCar qualifying. You can watch it on Peacock Coverage here on IndyCar Radio. Uh, on IndyCar.com, and we'll be back with you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Jake and Mike are next. They're going to highlight Paul Page tonight on Beyond the Bricks.